third down and 20. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Third and 20 Dynasty Podcast. We're on episode 41. I'm joined with the usual crew today, uh, Frank, Jake, and Lunas. And if you're watching us on YouTube or Twitch, we have a new background that Frank put in a lot of time making. I think it looks pretty cool. Um, how's everyone today? Good to be back. I'm good, man. I have tomorrow off, which is really nice. Shout oh, out. Nice. Uh, them making Juneteenth a national holiday. Obviously, I did not get that off. Um, Let's nice. get into it. <laughs> Enough of this Lunas bull crap. I want to talk about right. some football. All right. Well, we're football. talking about your division, you Steelers fan. We're breaking down the AFC North. We don't really have any news or notes to get into. There's nothing really going on in the league right now other than <laughs> random OTA hype. So uh, I guess I'll just take us right into it. Then the conductor, JT, we're breaking down the AFC North. And we're going to start off with quarterbacks like we did last week. Um, we have Joe Burrow and Brandon Allen from the Bengals. We have Lamar Jackson, Trace McSorley on the Ravens, Baker Mayfield, Case Keenum on the Browns, and then Ben Roethlisberger, Mason Rudolph, and Dwayne Haskins on the Steelers. Uh, we're using the keep trade cut ratings again, which, I mean, they're not perfect, but it is crowdsourced, so it kind of gives us the best general idea of like what's going on in, in Dynasty Leagues, how people are rated. Um so basically all the backups are not ranked other than Dwayne Haskins, who's quarterback 49. And then you have Joe Burrow as quarterback eight, Lamar Jackson, quarterback five, Baker Mayfield, quarterback 14, and Ben Roethlisberger, quarterback 40. So I think Ben Roethlisberger is a good place to start, guys, because quarterback 40, we all said was underrated. And basically all of us said he's the most underrated quarterback in this division. Anyone have any guesses as to why he's quarterback 40? Well, I just think it's people thinking this is his last year playing. And so it's what would you rank someone who's probably going to give you a QB2 season and retire after this year? I wouldn't go that low at all, but that's what I would guess the thinking is. Well, let me stop you right there then. Do we all think this is Ben Roethlisberger's last season? Because personally, I think he still has one more after this. I mean, he's he's gone. He's been saying he's going to retire for two, three years now. I just think of after this one, he there's yeah, no even, way. Even this offseason, people were like, he might. But then he decided to come back for one more year. So I really wouldn't be surprised. Dude, if so you, can, if you think too. about Ben Ben Roethlisberger's retirement track, it's like this started – the whole retirement talks for him started around like four to five years ago probably, right? Yeah. It's It's got to be now. So, like, if you think about that, about this, this is going to be a stretch. If you think about that in terms of, like, a relationship, eventually <laughs> right. you, we're starting to get to the point where you got to pop the question. Am I right? Yeah. Like, no, you're right. You're starting to get there. What is it, like, seven Four years or, or something? It's the general rule of thumb. It's like, okay, after seven years, it's like, dude, what's going on here? What are we doing? Like, we're okay, almost getting like to that point. Like, we're years. getting to that point, guys. <laughs> So you're gonna all right. Jake, we're Jake's just like already. smiling, nodding. <laughs> yeah. Great start to the episode. We're off the rails already. Um, the Steelers. Good to be back, guys. Good to be back. <laughs> Steelers divorce so, from Ben Roethlisberger, I think, is going to be postponed. I I truly believe he's still got two more years in him. I mean, the, what would you the, pay for him? Oh, uh, if I'm a quarterback needy team and I'm a, I'm a contender. Oh, a late second, right? Like I, uh, 
mid to late second, mid to late second, I'd pay for Ben Roethlisberger. What I about think you that's guys? That's the general rule of thumb for late, like mid QB two, one to two year rentals is like, okay, they're generally worth a late second or like one of the first picks in the third round. I think generally speaking, that's I mean, what I've seen. According to keep trade cut, which isn't always accurate. Like you can get them for even like a mid third, which I don't really believe you can, but that's what keep trade cut is currently saying. Um, I'd give up a late second, though, if I really need a quarterback. I I just think, though, that Ben Roethlisberger probably wouldn't be the way to go. Like, I think you could – I'd rather pay up a little bit more and get, like, a Kirk Cousins where I'm getting, like, four years out of him at least. Um, Kirk Cousins is a tough one because I feel like the Kirk Cousins owner doesn't want to sell for a, a mid-second just for that. But Well, well here's no, someone that you can get. I think because I'm a current owner of them, and you could pay up for the risk plus the upside of James Winston for I, I mean pay up you you raise your late second to like a middle to late second probably like a 207, 208, 206 in this year's draft compared to paying like a 211, 212, and you can pay up for a James Winston while you have the risk of him maybe not being the starter and completely exploding. You also have the upside of getting a multiple year starting quarterback and a guy that has the talent that can make a, almost like a, a Ryan Tannehill-esque turnaround. It's not completely out of the question. Definitely. I, I, I think I think it's going to be tougher than Tua. I'm surprised you said like that low. I would think uh Dude, I feel like 206 is not a bad deal for Jameis. If you, because here's the thing. I, I'm pretty scared of Jameis not being the starting quarterback, like legitimately. And if I don't have Taysom Hill – I'm I can finally cash in, right? You know, I, I've been waiting to sell Jameis as a Jameis owner. The most you could ever get was you were flirting with a late second, if getting that at all while he's a backup. Now you can get that mid second round pick, which could be a pretty decent receiver. Rondale Moore maybe might be on the board in your draft, or Trey Sermon or Michael Carter, like someone that might if if you're a team like mine in our league where I have a bunch of quarterbacks already. I could get someone that will help my team a lot more than than Jameis Winston. I can understand holding him, but now you can actually cash in. It's funny you said 206, Frank, because I think we talked about that exact trade, Jameis for 206. But, uh, yeah, I mean, a little off topic going into the NFC South, but, <laughs> any, but I do like Jameis, and I do think he is a good price to get him at that mid-second right there. Um Anyone have anything else on the Steelers quarterbacks here? What about the backups? Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins. Uh, Lunas, I just saw that you put Dwayne Haskins as the backup to own. It's not really saying much, but you did <laughs> oh, put him as I that. Think he's gonna, I don't think he's going to be their franchise quarterback um, like after Big Ben, but I just think out of these guys, I think Baker, Burrow, and Lamar aren't going anywhere for a while for their teams. And then I'm thinking, like, who has the chance to maybe end up playing, like, three, four games this year? Like, kind of highest chance of maybe a slight injury? Probably Ben. Like, I'm, I can understand Lamar because he runs a lot, but he's been able to stay healthy for the most part. Well, so none of these backups in the division are really enticing. Um, the, I wouldn't own any if I didn't own the starter. The, the one that I would contend is actually who I have as my backup to own, and that's uh, Brandon Allen, which kind of hurts to say. But, like... Joe Burrow, I know training camp said that, like, 
oh, he's doing well coming back from the knee injury. Like, he should be good to go for week one. But, like, it still gives me concern that, like, their offensive line, while they did shore it up a little bit, is still not, like, an elite offensive line. And and now Joe Burrow is coming off a knee injury already. So I am a little concerned about Joe Burrow's protection and how he will do. So that's why I do think Brandon Allen would be the one to have a chance. I do think any of these backup quarterbacks, like, None of them will actually have like another chance to be a starter for a year. I just I don't see any of these guys ever going into training camp being like, "Oh, this is the year I'm starting." Like they're all kind of wasted. I mean, we saw Brandon Allen as a starter in Denver for a little bit. We saw how that went. So I don't think anyone's <laughs> going to really try it again. Um, so is anyone in the in the belief that Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins could take the reins post Roethlisberger? Oh no. No, no. <laughs> Their yeah, future think, quarterback is not on the roster right now. Yeah, yeah no. this this feels like the Steelers quarterback room right now feels like the running back room that they had last year with James Conner, Benny Snell, Anthony McFarland, Jalen Samuels. Like yeah, it feels the like the exact same thing, just at the quarterback spot. Yeah. Um, so none of the backups in this division are that enticing. It's just kind of pick whichever's your favorite. Um, we're, we're split. Do you guys see that? We're split on who we thought was the most overrated. Um, Frank and I were on the same side saying Joe Burrow. Um, while Lunas, you, you actually said Mason Rudolph and, and Jake, you said Lamar Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) How could a guy that's not ranked be the most overrated player? That's how bad he is. I don't want to see him. (laughs) <laughs> Lose out on Mason Rudolph. Um, Dude, I mean, you should at least throw that on Haskins. Haskins is at least somehow ranked. Yeah. Mason Rudolph yeah. isn't even ranked. <laughs> no, but Haskins is the backup to own, Frank. You can't be the most overrated and the backup, and the to, backup own. to own. Oh, my goodness. Get Mason Rudolph out of here. I, neither of those guys are good. Um, so are we moving on to Burrow here? Well, yeah, I, I do feel like we've taken and time before to talk about Burrow. Yeah, we'll, we'll spend a little bit on Burrow real quick. I think we've talked about him before. It's just hard to have him that high as quarterback eight when we've only seen basically half a season from him. And I get that he's got even better weapons now, but, like, I'm still not completely convinced on Joe Burrow. Like, it took a lot of passes for him to be productive. So is that going to be this – the same script going into each game for the Bengals. I get that their defense isn't great and that he should be passing a lot, but like, I don't know. It, it gives me a little concern to have him so high up, um, comparatively speaking. I, I think he's overrated. I wouldn't say he's that far overrated. I mean, I would probably drop him down to what QB. 10 11 like yeah. not very far like is- you're still gonna you're still gonna have him as a dynasty qb1 he had a good rookie year he was the number one overall pick we've seen quarterbacks come back from knee injuries between you know deshaun watson did it his rookie year he tore his acl tom brady's torn acl a bunch of these quarterbacks have torn an acl and come back um i understand his was pretty bad um and his offensive line was not not improved significantly but I, I just think he's talented enough and in and, and a good situation with now college teammate Jamar Chase there, T. Higgins there, mixing behind him. I just think this offense is going to be pretty good um, in general. So, 
I, I will say on keep trade cut, the difference from dropping Burrow from quarterback eight to quarterback 10 is the same as dropping him from quarterback. Uh, let me check again real quick. Quarterback 12, to quarterback 20. So like <laughs> there's a big gap when you start like talking about those high rate numbers and dropping them down a couple spots. Um, at that point though, it is kind of preference when you're talking quarterback 12 to 20. Um, all right. Well, Frank, did you have anything to add about Burrow, or do we want to talk about Lamar? I don't really see the point of paying for Burrow right now at his current price. He's, he is highly priced. Um, I look at Burrow, and I see a quarterback that is in the worst team in a really competitive, tough division. He has the worst coach in the division. He has the worst offensive line in the division. against, And this is a division that not only is talented, has just had – absolutely ferocious defenses year in and year out. And the former laughing stock is now one of the favorites to win in the Browns. So I'm betting on Joe Burrow. And everyone always says like, oh, well, quarterbacks are always impacted by their situation, right? Like if, if this guy is not in a good – you look at Carson Wentz last year, right? Oh, well, Carson Wentz, it wasn't him. It was the situation. And you can use – that's been used countless and countless times. Well, if that's actually true, why am I buying Joe Burrow at quarterback eight price? I don't really care about the receivers. I don't really care about this, that, or the other. Even if Joe Burrow's good, I, I think that he his stats would be more like Baker Mayfield's than like Lamar Jackson's from a fantasy perspective. This season. Yeah. That's kind of tough no, I'm wondering with Joe Burrow. Because you mentioned like the buying Joe Burrow, which exact rookie pick do you think Joe Burrow is worth in this upcoming draft? Like if you in were a to rookie trade... pick in a rookie draft, yeah. Like so, say you're trading Joe Burrow. What? What? One hundred two. What do you mean? Here's the thing that I have is that I don't think that Joe Burrow is a bad player. I like Joe Burrow's talent. I think he's a good player. I just think okay. that he is wildly overrated. I don't think I would pick Joe Burrow in the first round of a startup. I just what have I seen? What am I buying into? Like, compare Joe Burrow to Dak Prescott. I'm in a startup. Yeah, I, okay. I get Dak Prescott early in the first compared to picking Joe Burrow late in the first. But the value difference for that compared to okay, would I rather just wait until the fourth or the fifth or beyond and pick up Baker Mayfield? I think that that's the problem I have with Joe Burrow. If you plopped him in a rookie draft again, okay, that's fine. I'll, I'll take him with a top five pick. I'm not going to be upset. Like, that's uh, is, the price that I'm Lawrence, willing to buy him at. To all of you, is Lawrence the only rookie quarterback you're taking over, Burrow? Yeah. Lance, I mean, would make me, Lance would make me think. I, we, we've seen from Joe Burrow that, like, he can play in the NFL. He is a good quarterback. Like, none of these guys are proven. The only one that I, I'm willing I, I to take the risk that, on is Trevor Lawrence. I know that's – just – I don't know how Burrow's mobility is going to be post that knee injury. The rushing upside of Lance is what makes me – like, I, I think I'd still pick Burrow, but Lance makes it really close for me. Because I was just thinking where Burrow would go if he was in this rookie pool. I, I just, I don't understand how Joe Burrow's ahead of Russell Wilson. I just, I cannot age. fathom that. It's simply age. Ages. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, the thing is, is that I, I've got, I know I'm getting probably five years out of Russell Wilson. And, probably more. I, like, what am I going to expect Joe Burrow to be a top 10 quarterback for 10 years that you can't do that with anyone. You can't even, 
the only one you can kind of do that with is like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. I think those are the only two guys that you can kind of look outside of five years. And even then, we thought that with Andrew Luck a couple of years ago. And yes, that's a weird scenario, but that's life, dude. That this just happens, right? Yeah, yeah. I think Kyler and um, what's his name, Chargers QB Herbert, are close to that. Okay, tier. Herbert, I'll give you. But Kyler's unprecedented. We haven't seen a quarterback of his skill set survive for years and years and years. We just really haven't. Mm-hmm. It's the same argument against Lamar. Like Lamar, great player. Lamar. He'll help you out a ton. We can move into him off me saying this. It's just we just haven't seen mobile quarterbacks last that long in the modern era. It hasn't happened. The, oh. the one thing I will say about Kyler compared to Lamar is Kyler has an arm. They both have an arm, but I think Kyler's is better. Kyler's much better. Right. Well, yeah. Jake, Jake, start your Lamar. Why is Lamar the most overrated? We've done this too many times. I'm not saying he is overrated. He's QB5. The problem I have with him is exactly what Frank said, is we've never seen a running quarterback go significantly long. I won a championship with Lamar last season, and I traded him away. I, I, I don't regret it. I mean, I've been down on the Ravens, and everyone knows it. But the pro, you just I just don't trust a quarterback that's going to run the ball, you know, 15 or more times a game. I know he has this weird ability to, like, not get a clean hit on him. He always seems to slip out of a clean hit and he always does it but it only takes one we've seen it it only takes one clean hit to knock these kind of guys out and we've seen we saw with rg3 his whole rookie season he was untouchable you know never took a clean hit and then it took one clean hit in the playoffs and a guy busted a knee and then he and then he loses a step and now he's not the same player that's all it takes for these guys and it's just you're always walking a fine line with me that i wanted to just cash out on assets that I felt more comfortable with. Obviously, I see the upside with Lamar. His rushing upside is significant. His, you know, his, the offense and the Ravens is probably going to be pretty good, even though I don't want to admit it. And I won't admit it because I don't like a lot of the players there. But it's what it is. I mean, I, I'm not personally going to be investing in Lamar Jackson, but I know everyone will, and I can't blame him because if he stays healthy, he's there's no one we've ever seen like him. Yeah, I struggle with Lamar. I I just think his arm gets a, a little too much hate. Like I think he's a bad I mean, passer. He's, he's not accurate. He's not act nearly. He's not accurate, accurate to the right side of the field, the deep right. That's like the only place he's not. I, wait, 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 are we talking about Lamar not being accurate? Yeah, he's not accurate to the deep right. That's all I think. I I, I don't know what you guys are saying. I feel like Lamar is pretty damn accurate. I feel like yeah, that's his biggest I'm on your strength. Side. No, I, I think, I think yeah, I'm on your thing, side. I think the deep right is the only place the he can't Lamar throw. debate is kind of how you think he develops as a passer. I think it ultimately. I comes think he's out a, of that. I think Lamar gets too too much hate. I I'm a, I'm with Frank where I think Lamar is pretty like his deep right. If you look at his like passing chart, like he can't hit there. Like he's not good passing to the deep right. But anything over the center of the field, anything intermediate, any, anything short range, like Lamar's a fine passer. And then he's got his rushing upside, obviously. And now he's actually getting like true. Well, some of you might be haters, but like he's getting like true wide receivers now with Rashad Bateman as basically an alpha. And then he's getting in, um, you know, Hollywood's developing more. Maybe Tylen Wallace ends up being something um, that the camp people are hyping up all the other guys who I think are Jags. But like that they, like they have, I can't get behind Duvernay, but like that 
he's competent. Like as a wide receiver, five, like he's fine on your team. Like he's a good special teams player. The thing is, is yeah. that I think that he can take over that Willie Sneed role in that offense. Yeah. And yes, that's going to sound ridiculous, but it actually could be relevant. Willie Sneed was like one of the more consistent guys on that team, actually. If you look yeah. back, I mean, his fancy production wasn't great. Like he'd get you like six, seven points a game, but like but it, it was consistent. consistent. Forty yeah. yards per game. Yeah. Um, anything else on Lamar? Are we good to uh, go to um, the running back? What was it called? Running back. Yeah. Wait, okay. we, did we do oh, Baker? Uh, oh, we didn't do. We didn't well, do Baker. <laughs> this kind of does stay in line with Baker. Uh, <laughs> we're just all like, you know, we're kind of split. Some have us as underrated. I actually kind of said Baker was a little overrated, but I still like Baker. When we were talking about like. It's tough decisions because we're making our picks of overrated, underrated on every single player. You can't just say that they're yeah. going to be equal. But um, I mean, that's, that's exactly what I did. I said he's pretty. No, fourteen is fair. I, yeah. I wrote underrated, saying a couple of spots higher, mostly for the fact of like, do I think Joe Burrow's what six spots higher than Baker? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's that much better. I I think it's as not we'll even get... just six spots though. It's the if you look at the, the gap, tier. like yeah. it is. Possibly multiple first round pick level gap between the oh, two. Oh, definitely, which is, is. ridiculous. If you're going to try and trade Baker Mayfield to the Joe Burrow owner, like you'd have to include two first. You're not getting one first and Baker or Joe Burrow. You, you'd want more than that. So, would um, you? I, I think so. so. People are really. I don't, know about, I don't know about two first, but you definitely. I mean, maybe like a first one. and a second. I mean, the problem with Baker. The problem with Baker is that if you are a contending team and you have him as your QB2, you can go ahead and say, oh, well, I like Baker, and he was good at the end of last year. But you cannot tell me that you are very confident in Baker to be a top-10 quarterback. As a rebuilding team, he has just as much talent as any other person in the league, basically, not already in, like, the top six quarterbacks. So, like, I, I like Baker Mayfield a lot at his price, and, like, Dude, you like if we were to play the game, we plop Baker into this rookie class. Where is he getting picked? He's probably going outside of the top seven. Like, I don't think you could trade Baker Mayfield for a top seven rookie pick, which I think kind of cements why Baker is such a a good value buy. It's just if you're looking to win games and find a consistent quarterback, too, you might as well buy Ryan Tannehill, who is basically the opposite of Baker where like, okay, you know, he's going to put up numbers. You just don't know how long Baker is, you know, he has the talent, but you don't know if he's going to put up the numbers necessarily. Yeah. I, I think Baker is like, I mean, he, uh, he was mine and someone else's, he was mine and Jake's like, we're most confident that he's going to maintain his value. Like, I just he's think gonna he's going to finish. He's going to finish a low end QB one, high end QB two, and he's young. He's going to be around the same value come this time next year, in my opinion. I don't see him jumping up super high. I don't see him bottoming out. Um, I think this. He's a guy that's a very safe investment if you're looking to buy a quarterback around. You know, like I said, low QB one, high QB two. Yeah, I, exactly what I think. Um, you guys have any more thoughts on Baker? It's just funny to think that his price is probably closer to Mac Jones than it is to Joe Burrow. <laughs> well, well the, yes. When you say that, yes. <laughs> yeah, because in this rookie draft, he'd probably – you wouldn't go ahead of uh, Lawrence 
Lance or Fields probably or Wilson. Uh, him versus I think Wilson would go ahead. I would take Baker over Wilson, but simply because I, I personally know what Baker would. But I'm is. saying like consensus. I, feel I take like Wilson I take Baker over if we're talking rookies. I take him over Najee too, but that's about where I'd cut it off. And this is your obligatory Mac Jones is underrated. Let's move to the running backs. I disagree. But <laughs> all right, moving on to running backs now. Um, I'll just knock out all these guys right away. We've got Joe Mixon, running back 16. Uh, Chris Evans, the rookie, backup, uh, running back 62. Samaj Priyan, running back 88. Trevion Williams, running back 90. And Puka Williams, not ranked on keep trade cut. And then the Ravens, you've got J.K. Dobbins running back 12, Gus Edwards running back 37, Justin Hill, Justice Hill running back 86. The Browns have Nick Chubb running back 7, Kareem Hunt running back 23, Darius Johnson not ranked, and Dimitri Dimitri Felton, the rookie, not ranked. And then the Steelers have Najee Harris running back 9, Banks Snell Jr. running back 83, Anthony McFarlane running back 68, and Kalen Balazs, who is not ranked. Those are all the running backs. I think the best place to start probably is we'll we'll keep with the Steelers first, I think. And Najee Harris, the rookie, um, he was actually lunacy in my eyes, most overrated at running back nine. We all across the board do say he's overrated. Um, it's just Lunas and I say he's the most overrated. I guess I could – Out of that group. Yeah. If I'm, I, I'll, uh, make, I'll make my comment quick first so you can go in, JT. Yep. Um, I still do think he'll have a very productive rookie year. Um, he's not my favorite rookie running back in this class. We think we're all like Javante more. But I do think he'll have the most productive rookie season out of all the backs just because of the amount of touches he's going to get. He's going to get a shit ton of touches uh, in Pittsburgh. And I think he'll have a really good season. It's just RB9 and Dynasty still really high. Uh, if you're throwing in Javante, uh, a lot of those guys from last year who are now entering their second year, guys like Akers, Dobbins, Swift, Gibson, uh, Tyler Rittelaire, and obviously Taylor. Like, uh, also with the top guys, you got Saquon back, CMC back. RB nine is just a little bit too high, and that was the probably the one I thought the most, which was overranked because I'm fine with Nick Chubb's ranking, and I'm fine with Mixon's and Dobbins. Yeah, my my thing on Najee, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Like comparing him as a prospect, like. I think the reason he's so high is because he's a rookie and people are like, oh, rookie running back, like you're going to get him for a few years. But like he's the same age as basically all of the 2020 running backs. Like he's not younger than most of them. He's the same age or even older. Um, so then, you know, it, when they're talking about prospects too, right? Uh, Najee Harris was not a better prospect than DeAndre Swift or J.K. Dobbins. You could argue CEH. Um, but I'd still rather have CEH over Najee Harris. There's like a lot of those 2020 running backs I'd still rather have over Najee Harris. And then a lot of the older running backs I still think do have a couple more years in them. I would also rather have the Najee Harris, like Aaron Jones, like Joe Mixon, who we'll get to in a little bit, Austin Eckler, um, Miles Sanders. Like there's a lot of running backs I'd rather have than Najee Harris because I just don't think Najee Harris is it. I don't think Najee Harris is good. Uh, I've said he's a bust before. He's like in my second round. I have a second round grade for him for rookie drafts. I'm not a Najee Harris guy. Yeah, I see you giving me that, but... No, hold <laughs> on. The first one he gave you that look for was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I'm with JT. I think I'd rather have Clyde. It's it's close. No. Just no. You what, have you seen, what have you seen from Long Najee term? Harris that makes you think he's better than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? I mean, the dude hasn't played an NFL game, but he was one of the most productive running backs in all of college football. I and mean, that's easy when you're behind the Alabama offensive line. Trent Richardson was one okay. Of the most hear me out. You say he's he's the same age as the 2020 running backs, which I agree with. I there's no that's a fact. But he's the same age as Ronald Jones. 
Yeah, that, exactly. that's weird. <laughs> that, that's weird. But anyways, so just compare him to the 2020 running backs then, right? If the, if he comes in and puts up the same season that DeAndre Swift has, heading into next year, who is the higher-rated running back? If they're DeAndre the same Swift. age in it, why? If he, if he, if he has the Wait, same I, I season as DeAndre Swift? Like, no, 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 no. Oh. Same as, same as DeAndre, if he just basically comes in and produces like a second-year running back, then well, he's not going what, to. That's my thing. He's not going to produce like a second year right now. Okay, back. that's why it's a hypothetical, JT. Okay, no, but Jake, Jake, if if your hypothetical if happens, does, then yeah, yeah. Najee would be ahead. And, but it's not going to. But yeah, if it does happen, sure. Because I think there's a very good chance Najee Harris has a better season than DeAndre Swift. A very, that's very good chance. DeAndre Swift can be a running like, DeAndre Swift, I mean, I know I this is completely the Steelers biased. offense will Swift. be better than the, the Detroit offense. There is no doubt. Sure, that's fine. Off- that's fine. That and we'll have more opportunities to score, and therefore most offenses Harris- were better. Most offenses were better than the Jaguars. James Robinson was still what, like running back five, three. He was up there. He was undrafted. Like I, I get anomaly. tired of this. It's, it's, it's not really though. Yeah, there are so many running backs on bad teams that perform. And when you have someone that's going to be like second on their team in targets in DeAndre Swift, like how are you going to tell me that Najee Harris is going to outproduce DeAndre Swift in PPR? He's just not. It's not going to happen. Najee Harris was a good receiver. Yeah, that's Najee a- Harris. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right. Well, I've heard was- enough of this. I've heard <laughs> okay. enough of these narratives and this bull crap. <laughs> Let's get into the guy that just did a whole analysis on this exact topic. This exact freaking topic. So I got a few things I want to say because after watching a lot of film and really diving into the past of Matt Canada, I heavily disagree with the narrative that Najee Harris is going to get fed like one of the premier running backs in the NFL. And here is why. Lunis, how... How much of a workload do you expect Najee Harris to get? Name a running back that you think his workload will be similar to. Um, I'm trying to think in general. I was thinking around 280, 300 touches. Okay. I am projecting him in 17 games to get about 258 touches, which would be like 245. Oh, oh yeah, I forgot it's 17 games. Then, yeah, definitely 300 touches. 300 yeah, so like – I was I project his workload to be more similar from a pure running perspective to that of David Montgomery than that of Prime Le'Veon Bell or Derrick Henry or whoever one of these other running backs. But the X factor is actually something that Jake said. Najee Harris as a receiver brings something to the table that basically no other running back brings to the table, and that's that he is a legitimate vertical threat as a running back. We have not seen this before. And that is, at least in my opinion, the reason we saw him get picked 24. Because you could say, oh, DeAndre Swift is a great receiver. DeAndre Swift is not a threat vertically. He, he cannot know, win a 50 50 ball. I think, who are some receivers I've seen go running back? Study? I saw Miles Sanders do a couple of times this rookie year. I saw, I think Miles Sanders was- is. He's one of the few that has that type of potential. I, but I, I think it's more long say, speed than I mean, anything. You can talk about it a bunch of times. We've seen Kareem Hunt do it. We've seen Sa- uh, Saquon do it as well. But I- personally, I think Trey Sermon could do it out of this rookie class. Sermon vertical? What's that face, Frank? Yeah. Uh, Kareem I like Hunt, Sermon. like, I think that Kareem Hunt, like, 
Listen, Great I think that lined a, up as a slot receiver a lot of the yeah, time. Yeah, okay, yeah, but Le'Veon Bell was a slot receiver. That doesn't mean that I I'm gonna put Le'Veon Bell one on one against a halfway decent corner and throw a 50-50 fade. I think yeah. that Najee Harris is a dude that like if you have a linebacker on him on an island, not only is it a bad matchup, it's a terrible matchup, and you can extend that into a lot of the current NFL corners, in my opinion, just because Najee Harris is like a tight end. You know, he, he's a big-ass dude, and he has insane body control, body control better than a lot of current receivers in the NFL do, which is the big X factor. With that being said, really quickly, I don't think he's going to be one of these Alvin Kamara-like receivers, though. He's not going to be a guy that gets 10 targets a game, at least I don't think. No. The thing I don't, is, I don't though— think that either, but he is still a good wide receiver. Is that the targets that he does get are going to be very— Good. I don't know what the right word for it is, Efficient, but like high productive. value targets. Like, yeah, he's gonna get, especially in this Matt Canada offense where guys are going left, right, and freaking center. Guys are going all over the place. Um, he's gonna get vertical, th- vertical pl- plays, right? Rails, wheels, just actually just run it down the field. Let me throw up one on one, and a whole lot of red zone targets, which that is what's gonna carry Najee Harris. I actually think that Najee Harris isn't as bad as what you guys are saying it's just RB9 is tough RB9 is a really tough price to buy him at also though unfortunately for Najee Harris he's the fourth wide receiver on the team just automatically like you've got Chase Claypool Juju and Deontay it's different because he's gonna be he's gonna be on the field He's going to be running routes out of the backfield. Yeah, but he's not. They're going, to motion, they're going to motion him out of the backfield with those receivers still on the field. It doesn't, like, I understand what you're saying that he, and sure, but when he runs a route, he's going to be higher than the fourth progression on a lot of these plays that are going to be run here. Also, if you look at Matt Canada's track record, he has unbelievably good success with running backs, and Najee Harris might be the most talented. Monty Ball... James White, Melvin Gordon, that offense at Wisconsin was ridiculous. It put over 3,000 rushing yards. He had great success with James Conner in Pittsburgh, like the college Pittsburgh. He had over 1,000 I mean, yards, five five yards of carry, 16 touchdowns. Darius Geis and Darrell Williams at LSU. Darius Geis, 1,200 yards, over 10 touchdowns. Anthony McFarland, 1,000 yards. Like everywhere this guy goes, his running backs hurts. produce. If you guys want to hear um, a funny stat, um, it's actually – I was listening to uh, part of my take, um, and they were talking about the Wisconsin versus Nebraska game in 2014 where there was, like, Melvin Gordon and, and crew. Um, and it was like Melvin Gordon rushed for over 400 yards <laughs> against um, uh, Nebraska. And then, like, in the following year, it was like Melvin Gordon had over 200, James White had over 200, and uh, what's his name? Monty Ball. I'd like over 200 or something. Dude, in that like game, that. in that game, I was watching Nebraska against Wisconsin, the Big 12 championship. Melvin Gordon destroyed them on jet sweeps. He, <laughs> he, his first two carries were both jet sweeps. He took them both to the house, like 60 plus yard touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. Melvin Gordon was ridiculous in college. I don't know how. And they had James White and Monty Ball. Like, no, yeah. but kind of going back to the point, <laughs> I do agree with you that Najee Harris will be extremely productive in the offense. And I actually, to give the offense kind of more credit. And this also might be a lack of faith in his backups. Even though I actually don't hate Benny Snell, I think he's a decent backup. Uh, I just think 
I don't know. I really like, I think they're going to want to put less pressure on big Ben to throw 40 plus times every single game and just kind of feed this new running back. They just spent a first round pick on him. Like how many times have we seen that first round pick running back get just a shit ton of carries, like around 20, 22 touches every game. Um, and that's where I think he'll be productive. And I could see him finishing in that, like that 12, 13 range. Um, but to say RB9 with some of the guys, especially who are entering the rookie year and still those top guys, I can't put them that high. Or entering See, that, the second That's year. the problem, though, is that looking at the Matt Canada offense, they're going to do, uh, they're still going to do all this motion and jet sweep stuff and, and shovel passes and crap, which, like, they will run the ball. It's just not going to be Najee Harris 25 times. At least I don't think. That's not what I'm How predicting. Many- how, here's the thing. So here's what I'll ask you. How many carries do you expect running backs not named Najee Harris to get per game? Hold on. Let me – I got to do some math on this calculator really quickly. I like that you have a calculator right there to do this math. No, that's my phone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, let me see. podcast there. <laughs> so let's just say – so 423 is the average carries that I'm predicting they do, minus Najee's 245. So I would think somewhere between 150 to 170 carries. So that's out of 400 carries. carries. So about 40 percent of the carries. So that's 35 10 carries a game to running backs not named Najee Harris. Well, it yeah, wouldn't just rough, be running backs rough. too, though. Like you could do like a a sweep to Juju or something. It, it would be wide receivers, other running backs, and tight ends. Okay. And fullbacks. All the like moves, yeah, basically every other sweep? player, and then the occasional Big Ben scramble. <laughs> you, know, the Big ben, you know the Big Ben QB sneak is electric. He's graceful when he's out on the open field. I, don't, I, I I like Najee Harris now. Like I I don't hate him. His price is high at RB nine. Um, I'm not sure I'd pay RB nine price, but I don't think it's terribly far off of his value. I think the problem with Najee Harris is that I just like Javante Williams as a better buy for the price. I think that they're both pretty good talents. It's just. There are, there are better purchases for your money than Najee Harris, but that doesn't mean that Najee Harris is a bad buy. I'm more with Frank on this one. I've been watching some Najee, and he's really been growing on me lately. So I, I right. do think well, I do think running back nine's high, but overall well, not bad. The last thing, too, though, is that he, Ben's going to dump the football off to him, and Najee's got good hands, and he's smart. So like he, that was one thing with Le'Veon that was always so good is that when Ben wanted to just get rid of the football, it's, okay, where's where's Le'Veon Bell? Let me just flip it to him. James Conner was never able to really do that. Um, they just didn't really have the chemistry. But Before we move on, are there any other Steelers running backs that you want to own from this team? Like, are you trying to get any of these guys on your roster? I mean, Kalen uh, Balazs is interesting. I know that they liked uh, him a lot coming in, into the draft whenever he got drafted. Um good. It's Bellage. We've, no We've, We've seen this before. I don't think there's too much to discuss was, after. Yeah, he was uh, not I think Benny either. Snell is the main hand. Who would you have? Okay, I guess the, the only real question uh, regarding Steelers running backs not named Najee is who do you think is the better handcuff to have between McFarlane and Benny Snell? McFarlane. You think McFarlane? Frank, who do you think? I kind of lean Snell, but Jake knows McFarlane better than I do. McFarlane's good, dude. He's really fucking good. I mean, I, I think saw... you guys are fundamentally misunderstanding how the Steelers work, though. This is a team that 
Like, yeah, you can scoff at Kalen Balazs all you want, but if, if they liked him coming out of the draft and, and they target him in free agency, like, he could have a role. If there's a team that's going to turn some guy's te- career around, it'd be Pittsburgh. You know, like, if you I look mean, at they, everybody they went out that leaves and, Pittsburgh, they die. They went out and drafted McFarlane and Snell, both with pretty high draft capital. I think it was third round or fourth round. Yeah. So... I think McFarlane would be interesting, though, just because he also was the running back under Canada. And I think if there's going to be someone to – because I think the Steelers are going to do more 22 personnel than people expect, two running backs, two tight ends. Um, That means that McFarland could definitely be one of those dudes that's getting end arounds, uh, getting those jet sweeps and crap and little bullshit in the Matt Canada offense. Uh, I guess the I, other one is Derek Watt, but you're not going to roster him. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, moving on then. We were just talking about Najee being our most overrated. How about our most underrated? Basically across the board, I was a little different. But Nick Chubb, as we're running back seven, we're saying most underrated. At least um, Frank is saying that. Lewis is saying that. Jake's saying he's confident that he'll maintain his value at running back seven. So we're basically all saying Nick Chubb underrated. There, well, there's a chance Nick Chubb – I'd be willing to bet on Nick Chubb be finishing in the top four running backs next year. I mean, top um, four is kind of – yeah. I think almost – Because I, I think I think you're going to see um, McCaffrey. I think you'll see – it's going to come down to the wire, obviously, if some guys miss a game or two. But I think in terms of production, he's going to be up there in that tier with Derrick Henry, uh, Cook, McCamara, um, Saquon, McCaffrey. I think he's, like, right in that discussion for next season. Yeah, the other thing with Chubb, too, though, is that um, he has, like, the Browns do a good job with Hunt and Chubb, like, load managing them to a certain extent. Um, On top of that, Nick Chubb, I truly do believe, has Hall of Fame-level talent. So I think those two factors combined, yeah, Nick Chubb might not be the overall RB1 because he's not getting 400 touches, but, you know, he's still young. And I think that he'll have more longevity than your average running back would. That's yeah, that's fair. I I also he's probably the one that's like a running back that I think is twenty five or older that I still would have on my team four years from now, um, just theoretically speaking, and still producing in kind of like a high high fashion. Um, so yeah, I I don't know. Is there anything negative we have to say about Nick Chubb? Anything I, think like Nick. I think we all love Nick. I think we all love Nick. There's, there's only one of him. <laughs> we only have one. <laughs> well, all right. Um, moving on, though, from Nick Chubb and staying with the, the, the Browns. The Browns right? backup running back now. Yeah. Kareem Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> Jake is going to go crazy. I didn't, I didn't put B there. I didn't put B there. Jake, I, I at, did. I put B look there. At me. Look, at, look at that guy. <laughs> Kareem Hunt. Backup tone for me. He's my backup. Uh, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> say, Jake, you're covering your mouth. What do you want to say? He's not a goddamn backup. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is like that scene from Rick and Morty when um I forget who was it. It was like the uh you know that evil Morty where he's just like, oh, we're just sidekicks. And then that yeah, really yeah. pisses off like Rick, the actual Rick's Morty. Like that's JT to Jake right now. Like Cream <laughs> Hunt, he's just a backup. Like <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about, Frig. 
Kareem Hunt sidekick. Kareem yeah, Hunt you're just a sidekick. He's yeah. just a sidekick. Kareem Hunt didn't have that many more carries than Adrian Peterson. How's that make you feel, Jake? The, last year, Kareem Hunt, who started four games. just a sidekick, Jake. He's just a sidekick. four games, did not have that many more carries than Adrian Peterson. So tell me how he's not a backup. My guy, my guy. First off, Adrian Peterson started games last year. We, whatever. Not four. But, what? He can start four games like, like Kareem Hunt did. Whatever. Kareem Hunt out-touched him significantly. Kareem Hunt had so many receptions last year, and you know that. So don't even start me with this, oh, just carries <laughs> bullshit. Kareem Hunt is not a backup. Frank alluded to this earlier. Frank said they do a good job, quote-unquote, load managing, which means if you actually watch the Browns games down the stretch when they were winning football games, they gave Chubb his, his drives – and they gave Hunt his drives. And they were both very productive on all of them. I love both of these guys, and I will continue to love both of these guys. He's not a backup. He's the two, the 1A, and that is what it is. When 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 the game starts, who's the who's the running back on the field? Sometimes it's Kareem Hunt. It really depends on the game plan, JT. No, you got to watch the games more than I watch the games. I watch the games. I don't think you pay attention. Man, it's Nick Chubb. Just, it's not always Nick Chubb. It's, it's not. It's Nick a, Chubb. Anyone, anyone who's watching this, let us know in the comments what running back ranking you think Kareem Hunt finishes at this year. Nick this Chubb has been an ongoing debate. Nick Chubb missed four games and still outcarried Kareem Hunt. So how are you telling me? That Kareem Hunt's getting more. Like, that's just Kareem not true. Hunt, look at total touches, JT. Well, no, Nick, Nick Chubb's going to get Nick touches. Gonna, Nick Chubb's going to have more total touches than Hunt. I just think Hunt's still going to get his own and still be productive, but it's not going to be more than Chubb. I'm not saying Hunt is better than Chubb. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying yeah, no, he's better he's than a lot of starting running backs in the league. He's the yeah. 1A, and they both get their, their own drives. That's what happens here. They don't... They don't even like when they give him a drive. He I gets the it. whole drive. They don't take him out. They they give him a full drive. Yeah, if Thank you guys you. are watching the stream, this is Jake. This is Jake right here. <laughs> Call me a sidekick one more time. <laughs> I'm not even watching our own stream, so I don't know <laughs> what you're putting up there. But that's very it, funny. Is it the Morty? Um, Call me a sidekick uh, one more time. All right, let's let's move on. Yeah. Well, how do you guys feel about Demetric Felton? That's the last thing I'll say about the the brand. Depends on what his price is. I mean, he's not ranked, so I think he's underrated. Yeah. So, he's I mean, if he's not, not ranked, ranked, that's what. The thing is, though, after this year, isn't like Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb aren't they both nearing the end of their current contracts? Like, isn't um, Kareem Hunt a free agent next season, and then Nick Chubb? A season I got or you, two Frank. from now. Give me, give me one second. I thought they signed. At least no, Hunt, they, I they, thought signed a two-year extension. Yeah, but I don't know when that started. Um, I don't know, but I was coming from the perspective that if one of these running backs are leaving relatively soon, Demetric Felton brings a nice, interesting little skill set. Kareem Hunt has this year, and then next year, and then he's an unrestricted free agent, and then Nick Chubb. The thing is, though, is that they're going to have to pay Baker, right? And then they're going to have to also pay Chubb. Are one they're, like, no, they're, they're only they're only going to keep one of them in the long term. And the other Chubb's will be a, starter somewhere else. Chubb's a free agent after this year. Well, see, that's the thing is that 
is Kareem Hunt, does he have an out in his contract that's like he might just end up being a cap casualty because they're going to probably pay Baker Mayfield as well, at least we're assuming, which is going to eat up a nice, sizable chunk of cap space. See, this. I, I mean, I mean, this, this is the big reason why people thought they were going to trade Odell, too. Uh, there's a few players they can trade. They still have Landry and Odell under pretty big contracts. So I'm going to be surprised if one yeah. of them got moved. There's a good shot now that you pointed it out that Chubb or not Chubb that Hunt is a cap casualty because he has zero dead cap next year. So yeah, he'll get picked up. He'll be a starter somewhere else. Yeah, I'm not saying that as a detriment of Hunt. That might actually be better. But Demetric Felton though could take in that role just because I think that he does provide an interesting skill set that doesn't really show up when you look at him as like his prospect profile. He tested terribly. Um, but as a number two guy, he could be interesting in the future. I'm just not sure he's going to really have any role this year. Um, all right, let's move on. We're, we're starting to get close on time here. Um, J.K. Dobbins and, and the Ravens, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill. Um, basically, all of us except Jake said that J.K. Dobbins was the most underrated, and I said that I was the most confident that he would be the one to maintain his value. Um, Jake... Jake said he was overrated, and he was the most overrated player here. Frank, can you do me a favor, please? In, in your Jake impression, what does Jake say we should do to all Ravens? Sell all Ravens! <laughs> Sell all Ravens! Thanks, I just wanted that. If you <laughs> actually listen back, the one Raven I say not to sell is J.K. Dobbins. Well, then why is he the most overrated? Because he's not going to finish running back one. So, I that that's why. He's not going to finish a running back one. I... I think he can. You well, here's, here's, he here's can. the debate. Here's, I just don't think he will. Here's, here's where Jake's thing could be right, but he's still RB12. He could not finish RB12 next season, but he's still a top 12 dynasty running back. Yeah, I mean, the people above I mean, him currently that are older are just, it's like Derrick Henry and like Nick Chubb, Cook, and Kamara. Because I, I could, I could easily see Dobbins like for next exactly. season individual ranking being like RB fourteen or fifteen, but he's still in my top twelve running backs of who I'd want in a startup dynasty draft. Yeah, that's Jake. This episode for those watching <laughs> on YouTube, I don't know what he. Put on I, I can't see either, Jake. They're they're in the middle. Yeah, I want to say something with J.K. Dobbins though, because J.K. Dobbins, you know this. First off, the Ravens are the best rushing football team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have so, the Morty over me the whole time? Yeah. <laughs> Not the whole time. Just a little bit. Yeah, this is the best rushing football team in the NFL. Um, J.K. Dobbins, the reason I think he slid in the draft and is the reason I had a second-round grade on him coming out, even though I liked him as a pure runner, he sucked ass as a receiver. I think he has the potential to improve, and apparently he's working on it, but he did suck ass as a receiver in college. so We did see that camp report, how Harbaugh wants to get Dobbins. Uh, yeah, but that's every running game. back, though. Yeah. It's, it's every Josh single Jacobs. running back ever. Josh Jacobs um, was supposed to see a huge increase in, in receiving, and I don't think he did at all. Last but the season? thing is, is that yeah. as a red zone threat, they're going to run J.K. Dobbins. They're going to find creative ways to get the ball in his hands without ha- him having to actually catch it. I love Dobbins. Even as a Steelers fan, he's an unbelievably talented pure runner. I yeah, I agree. I just don't think there's enough touches to go around in that offense. Like I said, moving on to – I think this is a good transition to 
guy that I wanted to touch about personally was Gus Edwards, who just signed another uh, contract extension. He's the guy that I listed as the most underrated running back in this division. He's the backup I want to own in this division. I think he's a guy that will get his own probably 7 to 10, 11 touches a game by himself to go along with Lamar rushing the ball and Dobbins rushing the ball. So overall, I think you're going to get games where, you know, Lamar gets his or other games where it's Dobbins and other games where it's Edwards. So I just think all these guys in terms of rushing capabilities outside of Lamar, because he's always going to get his, in terms of Dobbins and Edwards, I think you're going to go see some games where they're very inconsistent. So uh, that's just my opinion on there, just because I think it's going to be hard for them both along with Lamar, to all be consistent every single game, game in and game out. Yeah. That's right. I, it's, it's tough to – it's tough to say because Dobbins is such a pure runner, but that is a good point, Jake, where it's like how many carries a game is this offense going to have to distribute them? Because Gus is going to get, like you said, around maybe like eight carries. Um, I think the bigger fear with Gus is he's pretty good at the goal line. Does he get some of those goal line touches? Yep. Yeah, but I think he's the better goal line. Yeah, player. but last yeah, but last year J.K. Dobbins was the guy who was scoring all the touchdowns. Mm-hmm. He was almost JK guaranteed Dobbins. a touchdown a week. Dobbins and Swift were like two of the most efficient guys uh, on yeah, the line. Yeah, and that's line. the other thing too is that the Ravens' division. rushing offense is insanely efficient. So for the Ravens, as a running back, especially with Lamar Jackson, getting 15 carries is similar to getting you know, 20 carries if you're on the Jets last year, maybe even freaking 50. Like, you're not doing anything on the Jets. All right, well, speaking of the Jets, let's move into the worst team in this division. <laughs> oh so mean. Um, all right, well, Bengals, Joe Mixon, he's probably the one. Uh, we coined the phrase Joe, Mix, uh, Joe Mixon paradox early in this Joe Mixon uh, paradox. podcast. <laughs> we still have that bet. Foundation. We still have that bet with me and Jake about Mixon versus Miles Sanders, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think we ever decided. We on never happens, decided but, the way here, but we'll we'll think of it soon. Was it just that Mixon finishes higher than Sanders? Not Sanders, yeah, yeah, yeah. If there's a major injury, oh, we can call yeah. it off. But yeah, 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 yeah. that's okay. definitely happening. So, um, we're all kind of all over the board. A little. I'm saying Joe Mixon is the most underrated at running back 16. Frank's saying overrated. Lunas is most confident he'll keep his value. Um. He's just the one that every everyone just doesn't know how to evaluate. Yeah, like <laughs> I have him. I think he'll finish next year's uh, high end RB two. That's why I'm like that seems. Right. I I think he's a low end RB one, but then at that point he is going to be. Um, I think he's 25 right now, right? Maybe he's 24, but like then he'll be a little older, so then it's kind of like whatever. Um, I don't know. I I do think Joe Mixon is like a. He's the one that like. If you were to like pick someone that's not in the top twelve running backs to finish as the RB one overall, like Joe Mixon is up there for me as that that person uh, that would finish as the running back. That's actually one overall. an interesting question. We should do that in the segment. Like people, yeah, we, we could like hold that for later. In the top twelve in their positions, best chance to finish number one. <laughs> we have a lot of time till preseason and the regular season, so we can put that in somewhere. Um, do you guys have any other thoughts on this? I mean, we kind of spent a lot of time on the running backs. Yeah, here's the problem with Joe Mixon. <laughs> okay. Here's the problem with Joe Mixon. Jake's ready. You want to know what the... Uh, why next... me? I, I'm just here. No, I'm you're the Joe for... Mixon defender. You know how, like, the number one indicator of success for people is where you grew up? Like, how affluent the area you were growing up is? Yeah. Like that is sure. the problem that Joe Mixon <laughs> suffers from, is that he's a great talent. Honestly, you watch you watch the Bengals games on tape, and you're like, "Holy crap, Joe Mixon is insane!" 
unbelievably talented running back, better than RB16. I agree with that. But you have him on just the worst area to grow up in as a running back. You have a coaching staff that I think is just trash. I, I think they are the – I would pick them last probably of in all the, the coaching league? staffs in the whole in league. the whole league? Yes, Out in the whole league ones? probably. Yeah, that's interesting. You can't include Gase anymore because he got replaced. Um, I mean, have you been like Matt, maybe Matt him and, and like Sirianni and like the other dudes that are just completely unproven? It's like those are the, the ones. Dude. Maybe Vic Fangio, if we're going from a fantasy perspective. Matt Nagy, anyone? The Bears suck. Matt Nagy, they listen. Dave Montgomery was like RB four or five last year, so you can crap on Matt Nagy all you want. He at least produced a damn good running back, and I think Joe Mixon's more talented than David Montgomery is. That's just a testament to how bad this coaching staff is and how bad this offense has been is that they have wasted Joe Mixon's career. And we can always scream talent over situation, but when your situation is taking an, a running back with top 10 talent and consistently keeping out, keeping him out of there, why am I buying into him? The clock is ticking on Joe Mixon's career, and I don't think the Bengals are going to help him out at all ever until they actually get someone with a head on their shoulders. Oh, fiery. Kind of like that. <laughs> Anyone else? Joe have... Mixon paradox Frank's... overrated. Stay away. Like, damn, why, why do Bengals fans Did, hate me, man? The other thing too, <laughs> though, is that Joe Mixon, he's RB sixteen. You have to pay top ten around RB. You have to pay like RB thirteen price. Well, that's where the Joe yeah, Mixon paradox comes yeah. in. That's the Joe Mixon paradox. You know, it's <laughs> all you know. Mixon beginning paradox. of the season, beginning of the off season, maybe he was a good buy, but now. His ADP is rising. Everyone's like, oh, well, Joe Mixon's underrated. It's like his ADP goes with the weather. Once the weather gets cold and football season actually starts getting played, the Bengals screw him up or he gets hurt. And he's like, okay, well, it's Joe Mixon. And then all of a sudden you look at the tape and you're like, holy crap, this is a good guy. The Bengals, they may not be a terrible team this year. He's going to be – and then all of a sudden he's going to do Joe Mixon paradox. I Yeah. He's going to do Joe Mixon paradox. It's a verb now. It, it's, it's hard to... It's transcended. It's hard to like uh, evaluate Joe Mixon for what he is because of injuries and how the Bengals have been. And it, I, I still really like him, the player, but we'll see. Um, anyway, which guy is the backup tone on this team? And then we'll we'll move on. Like, is it Chris Evans? No, Chris Evans, the guy we're buying? Yeah, you're on roster spot. Yeah. <laughs> Free roster spot. All right. Well, let's move on. Uh, P. Ryan probably for me, though. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Sticking with the, the Steelers. <laughs> the locker room presence of, uh, of the Samaj older P. Ryan, Ryan brother. Yes. Um, moving on to wide receivers. We'll, we'll kick it off with it. I'll just run through everyone real quick. Um, Jamar Chase on the Bengals, wide receiver 8, T. Higgins, wide receiver 17, Tyler Boyd, wide receiver 40, on Tate, wide receiver 134, Mike Thomas not ranked, Marquise Brown on the Ravens, 58, Rashad Bateman actually 35, Tylen Wallace 82, Sammy Watkins 112, Miles Boykin 133, Devin Duvernay 99, James Prochet not ranked, uh, the Browns, OBJ, wide receiver 44, Jarvis Landry 52, Richard Higgins 98, Donovan Peoples-Jones 83, Anthony Schwartz 93, Kadera Hodge not ranked, uh, then the Steelers, you got Juju, wide receiver 30, Chase Claypool, wide receiver 23, Deontay Johnson, wide receiver 24, James Washington, wide, wide receiver 106, and Ray Ray McLeod, not ranked. And I think where we got to start is the Steelers, again, because they basically have what I would consider is three wide receiver twos. I know Juju is ranked a little bit lower than that, but 
you got three wide receiver twos and you got Big Ben ranked outside top 40 quarterbacks. Something's got to give here. <laughs> well, like it, it can't both happen. Um, that's why I have basically all of the Steelers wide receivers as overrated other than Juju. And I have Deontay Johnson as my most overrated. Um, I don't know, Frank, you're, you're the Steelers fan. There's three wide receivers that are all ranked basically the same. Who's the one that you're picking and, and why are you picking that guy as the main wide receiver? I just have to start this off. We did the NFC West last week, and I thought that entire division had underrated receivers. I look at the AFC North, and I see a division of overrated receivers. Even as a Steelers fan, like I like Deontay Johnson. I loved him coming out of school. He just really, really hasn't improved on his issues. He hasn't really gotten better as a football player from the project that he was coming out. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster's are right. Man, I, I, if I had to pick one, I'm going Chase Claypool because he legitimately going... has top-end potential. I like Chase Claypool. I just think the problem is is that every – dude, aside – take the Browns out of this equation. The Browns and Tylen Wallace – I guess just the Browns and the Ravens. You take them out. Dude, I, I'm going to sell high on all these Bengals and Steelers receivers right now. I, I don't want to buy them. Um, I, I think they're good. But like you said, they're glorified wide receiver twos. I'd I'd rather pay for a roster of Jarvis Landry's than pay for the Bengals and Steelers receivers right now. Well, because here's the thing: when glorified wide receiver twenty, uh, wide receiver two, Claypool's already ranked wide receiver twenty three here. And here's my issue and why I'm defending Claypool here, especially. What was when we did Ayuk in the NFC West last week? What was Ayuk ranking at? Like 17, 19, right? I, I, his his was 16 last week. 16. Mm-hmm. If Ayuk is 16, how like Claypool at 23 is not that much worse. I would rather have Claypool than Ayuk, if you ask me. Nah, and he's got many spots lower. I think you I'm guys with would Lunas. all rather Ayuk? I, I, no, I'd rather Claypool, Lunas. I agree I'd rather you. Claypool. Claypool's produced way more in a crowded receiver core, and even the weeks with the backup, he was still producing, and he has the build of a number one receiver. Like Ayuk, yeah, he had some more flashy plays, sure, but that's, you got Debo, I don't know how much better than Debo he is, I give him the edge, but Debo's very talented as well, and, um, and then, uh, was it Kittle still there? I don't know, I really like Claypool, especially wide receiver 23, I think that's fair. I don't think I definitely don't think he's overrated at that spot. And if he is, then Ayuk to me is extremely overrated because I'd rather have Claypool than Ayuk. Yeah, well, like you said, I think that Claypool of all these receivers on the Steelers is the best buy. Long term, I like his talent. I think he does have that alpha profile. Listen, I don't think that the Steelers receivers are going to be bad players. Like, I think that they'll produce around what their ranking is. But I think that the problem with the Steelers receivers and a lot of receivers in the league is that I can get Jarvis Landry for half of the price. I can get Odell Beckham for price. Yeah, less than half the price, who will probably put up essentially the same numbers. And then with that value that I have acquired from selling Deontay Johnson into Odell or Jarvis Landry, I can go out and get in, in this is super flex, first off, not regular leagues, but in super flex. I can then use those assets to go get quarterbacks and running backs and tight ends that will actually make a difference for me if I'm trying to win. That's the problem I have with these receivers. 
Yeah. I, mean, I, don't, I don't think Landry's giving you the production of Claypool or Deontay Johnson, well, and I think they're both only going to get better. Let's let's move on to them because we kind of all have the Browns as our, like our underrated guys. No, they're they're extremely underrated. Yeah, <laughs> we, we have uh, OBJ OBJ as wide receiver forty four. Forty four. Almost across the board, all said that he's the most underrated wide receiver. Um, Two years I, I ago, he was like top ten. Yeah, it's insane. Uh, I mean, and then Jarvis like, Landry is wide receiver yeah. fifty two. Well, you gotta give him. He was on like. They didn't do well as as the Browns uh, two years ago, and then he was injured last year, so it's kind of hard to blame him, really. I mean, I, I just think wide receiver 44, and he can actually be a legitimate wide receiver one contender, is just uh, that that kind of price for that kind of production is, is crazy to me. I know that he's on the older side, but at the price you're buying him, which is... He's still one of the most talented receivers in the NFL. Yeah. Talent-wise. Is. Yeah. Um, especially when you consider him with like he's close to Julio Jones price and he's he's a lot younger than not a lot younger, but he's certainly younger than Julio Jones by like three yeah. or four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's he's uh, cheaper than Julio Jones and he's on like an offense I, I think will pass more uh, than than the tight uh, the Browns will pass more than the Titans. I just feel like he's super underrated. I think Jarvis Landry super underrated. Um uh, it, it's just the whole offense itself. Uh, we'll get into it in a minute, but I think the Browns are the most underrated here. Here's here's the here's exactly my argument in a nutshell. If you look at keep trade cut, Chase mm-hmm. Claypool in a trade for Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. Apparently, the Chase Claypool side is winning by like a third round pick. I think that's the problem I have with the Steelers receivers is that consensus. Okay, yeah, Claypool's probably worth the most. Juju Smith-Schuster and Deontay Johnson are still worth first-round picks, it seems like, to a lot of people in in the dynasty community. Yet, dude, I, I could trade Chase Claypool into Odell Jarvis Landry or Jarvis Landry Thielen and another – like a Cole Beasley. And who am I going to – who would I rather have if I'm a competing team and I needed receivers? Odell, Jarvis Landry, and Cole Beasley or one Chase Claypool? Dude, I think we all know that answer. Yeah, if you need wide receivers. If you need I mean, multiple wide receivers. It's not going to be sexy, but guess what? I'll be winning freaking games. You can go have all the cool little <laughs> young receivers you want, but I'll, I'll gladly have depth and, and points. Well, Dog okay. Claypool is, what, 22, 23 years old? He's I, don't, going I don't think Claypool is the be best beast. example ever, just because I, I do think that, like, of all the Steelers receivers, Claypool's the best one to have. But still, like, that's the argument I have for all young receivers. Because let's let's go – I'm going to skip ahead let's to the Bengals. the Bengals ones. Yeah, go to the Bengals. T. Higgins. I could sell T. Higgins and into an entire position group of receivers that I would <laughs> rather have. If I'm going to win games. Like, okay, it's if you're a rebuilding team, fine. Go ahead, take T. Higgins because you want value and all that shit. I will sell T. Higgins right now for all the underrated receivers in the league and have a whole fucking squad and bang, there's all my receivers. I just turned one dude, a second round pick into an entire receiving core. Well, my only thing is other than Jamar chase, like I have this class. Like I don't think T Higgins is, is like, I'd rather have T Higgins than the rest of this class uh, other than Jamar chase. And I think, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase are both capable of putting up multiple wide receiver one seasons. 
I, I think these are like the cream of the crop guys. They're the alphas. They're the ones that are going to see. They're tied to a young quarterback who should be there for a long time. Um, you know, they're I probably going to have Higgins. to pass a lot. Yeah, yep. and I was kind of going off JT's point. I think Joe Burrow is going to be one of those guys that pass for a ton of yards every year, um, assuming he's healthy. And T. Higgins, what more did you want to see his rookie season? As soon as he started getting the opportunity to play, he started going off. He was outproducing Tyler Boyd. Um, he was playing really well toward the end of the season. Even once Joe Burrow got hurt, he was still had productive weeks. Like, I don't I don't know. Obviously, he's not like a Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson is just in a whole different strategy than any of those other rookies. But, like, I don't know. Like, that was a really successful rookie season. The wide receiver 17, I think, is pretty fair. Yeah, but he's wide receiver 17. You got to pay top-end price for him. You... To get T. Higgins for most owners, you have to pay what um, D.J. Moore is probably worth, like that wide receiver 12 price to really get T. Higgins off their hands. And how different yeah. are they? I Listen, I'm not the biggest D.J. Moore fan out there, but I would I take D.J. Moore easily over T. Higgins. Listen, yeah, I don't think T. Higgins is a bad player. It's just, dude, I'm not paying wide receiver one price for T. Higgins. Fuck that. Yeah, I mean, as as someone who has DJ Moore and really wants to trade from Jake uh, for T Higgins, I wouldn't trade DJ Moore for T Higgins. I wouldn't even. I, I have to consider T Higgins in a first for DJ Moore, and I don't even think I do that. I wouldn't do that. That's a big DJ yeah. Moore. I, I like, DJ Moore like is DJ close Moore. to my wide receiver. DJ Moore is close to my wide receiver five dynasty wise. We could get into a whole so I, thing. Listen, we I like break DJ down Moore, the NFC South. Like, that's. Not really. Well, look, you got to dive deep into DJ Moore as a player. JT, I've watched DJ Moore for like eight years. I watched him for yeah. four years at Maryland. Like, he didn't play four years play. at Maryland, so that's a I lie. know. I, that's why I, <laughs> I got him. I, he was scouting him in high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Lotus. I don't know, dude. There, there are three types of receivers. There are really top-end receivers that are worth paying for and worth buying. There are overrated wide receiver two flex players, and then there's just underrated receivers that put up points but no one wants to pay for. T. Higgins, I think, is firmly in that overrated wide receiver two. Dude, to be honest, I think that Cole Beasley is just as got just has just as good of a chance of putting up the same numbers that he does. It just won't be as sexy. And you guys can go ahead and laugh all you want. T go ahead. T. Higgins will score 30 more points. But, dude, I just saved a first-round pick and a half paying for Cole Beasley. Probably saved more than that. Oh, well, that's probably what T. Higgins is worth around. So, yeah. Um, all right. Well, we're kind of running low on time. Let's get into the Ravens and our last wide receivers, and then we'll go tight ends. I think Rashad Bateman is underrated. Jake thinks he's overrated. I, I've learned from this. Jake and I are basically split on most players in this division. <laughs> um, I'm with Jake now. Rashad Bateman is wide receiver 35. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Yeah. It's a great so you, thing. You're going to want to reconsider. It's a great thing. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about you. Disagreeing with you is always good. I'm saying I'm No, I'm talking – yeah. Uh, see, you're disagreeing with <laughs> you me are, on something that we're agreeing on. you got to be on, on the sides of the champs. I was agreeing that you should reconsider being on the same side as Lunas. Um, I just think Rashad Bateman I, – I, I hyped him up a little too high. A little bit of rookie fever was telling me he's like the next mm. Devontae Adams. Mm, but I still yeah. think he's – like, me. I still think Rashad, he's my wide receiver two out of this class. I'm staying friendly on that. I'm he's not really wide receiver two. Yeah, he is. Crazy. He's crazy. Crazy. And and I'll tell you what, if I knew more about where Terrace Marshall and his injuries, because now like 
he he might he's not really practicing with the Panthers right now because he's injured. If I knew more about it, I knew he'd be healthy. I'd have him as my wide receiver three, but like he's not healthy, so he's not my wide receiver three. But he's close. He's close. Terrace Marshall is closer to Rashad Bateman than I think Jalen Waddle is. That's just where – and Devontae Smith's way out there. I have to, all my hot takes aside, let's focus on the Ravens. Yeah, he's closer to Bateman towards like the 4-5 ranking. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bateman, I think, is underrated. Marquise Brown, wide receiver 58. We all This is underrated. a crazy <laughs> low ranking. Yeah. It's just – it's. I don't even like him as a like, player. I'm, just, I'm not even like a huge low. Hollywood guy, but 58 – that's it's crazy. just real low. 58's real low. Especially after the end of the season he had, where like and he's finally still starting young. to come on. And it's, it's yeah. not like he's had like the best deep passer throwing to him. Like it's I don't know, man. That's crazy low. Um only other thing is Tylen Wallace, wide receiver 82. We all said it was underrated. Most of us had him as the backup wide receiver to own. Um, Dude, there's a ton of value in this offense at the receiver position because yeah. I do think that the Browns, even though they – not the Browns, the Ravens, even though they run the ball a lot, I, I do think that this is an offense that has top 10 potential in the league, and we've seen it. Um, that'll transition to points. It's just you, you look at it like Rashad Bateman. I'm not the biggest Rashad Bateman guy ever, but you look at it for the talent that you're paying for. I mean – you're getting Rashad Bateman under Juju, Deontay, and Claypool. You're getting him under all these receipts. Like, you're paying a closer price to Tyler Boyd than you are to T. Higgins. And he was just a first-round pick. So I That's think true. that Rashad Bateman, I actually I switched him from overrated to underrated. Same thing oh, with, like, nice. Tylen Wallace and whatnot. All right. Uh, let's, let's finish with the tight ends and then uh, – uh, breakdown of the teams. So tight ends, we got Drew Sample on the Bengals, tight end 41, CJ Uzoma, not ranked. The Ravens have Mark Andrews, tight end six, Nick Boyle and Josh Oliver, not ranked. The Browns have Austin Hooper, Harrison Bryan, and David Njoku. They're ranked tight end 20, 28, and 29, respectively. And the Steelers have Pat Fryermuth, tight end 15, and Eric Ebron, tight end 37. Um, um, I Bengals, don't know what to talk about here besides Mark Andrews is really good outside of like that elite tier of tight ends, but he's one of like the very top, very good ones. And the yeah. Mooth, the Mooth will wreak havoc on the AFC North. The, the Bengals basically, you don't, it's not worth really rostering their tight end. I know. I personally still think CJ Uzoma is better, but like he's my backup talent. It's going to be all the receivers and Joe Mix. This is a big tight end division, though. This is a it division is. where. Outside of the Bengals, the Ravens, the Browns, and the Steelers, I expect all to run a lot of two-plus tight end sets, mm-hmm. which is funny enough, actually doesn't really help tight end production. Aside from Mark Andrews, like, the, the Browns use, like, 8,000 tight ends, so I don't know the Browns the, tight who ends, the hell's getting the ball. Those targets between Hooper, Bryant, and Najoku are all three, I think, are talented tight ends. They're just going to be split so kind of evenly between mm-hmm. those three. You can't really count on one to be your consistent week-to-week starter. Is there an out in uh, Hooper's contract after this year? I wouldn't be surprised. I like the Muth, though. I think the Muth has legit top 10 potential that you're not paying for right now. Yeah, he's going I mean, especially in rookie rounds. drafts. Yeah, in rookie drafts, you're, you're not really He's going late second round. Yeah, rookie and, drafts, yeah. I know Pitts is kind of like the big fish, but... Uh, after him, if you can snag Muth in the second round, I like that. 
you know, one one yes. other thing too is that Matt Canada ran a like I said it before with the running backs. I mean, he ran a ton of twenty-two personnel and he got his tight ends involved on shovel passes over the middle. Um dude, he, he's getting these guys the ball every freaking way. I think that that could really transition to the Muth and him getting a little bit more usage than you expect. Does that mean he'll be fantasy relevant year one? Probably not. But once Ebron is void of the Steelers, the Muth is the sky is the limit, I think, for the Muth. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's move on to uh, AFC North team most likely over for perform. And. Despite Jake and I basically disagreeing this entire episode, we're somehow on the same page that we think the Browns are going to be the team that are most likely to overperform, while Frank and Lewis are on the same side saying the Ravens. I was between the Browns and the Ravens. So, Um, I mean, I I think we kind of justify what we were saying. Like, the Browns having no wide receivers even in the top 40 is pretty ridiculous. We all said Nick Chubb was one of the most underrated running backs, despite being running back seven. Um you know, there's just a lot to a lot of value to gain. Now their tight ends are even their top tight ends are tight end twenty, and, and Baker Mayfield's like quarterback fourteen. So there, there's a lot of value to gain, and I think they're a team that actually is is playing well. Um, on the flip side, AFC team, AFC North team most likely to underperform. Um, Lewis and Frank are on the same side, saying the Bengals. Jake saying the Ravens, and I'm saying the Steelers. I think Frank and Lewis basically, mostly Frank, was <laughs> justifying why all the Bengals fans hate him uh, by bashing the Bengals once again. Um, you know, uh, I think Jake, I have a Jake's present doing... for the Bengals fans, actually. Hold on, let me get <laughs> oh, it. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's going to that's gonna get us a lot of uh, likes. Um, Jake continuing his sell all Ravens thing, and I'm kind of on the page of the Steelers are all ranked really high, and I don't think any of them should be. Um, so with that, that kind of sums up our AFC teams, <laughs> AFC North teams. We got the, the Browns most like Browns and Ravens most likely overperform is kind of consensus. The Bengals most likely underperform is what I'd say as a podcast. Um, let's move into our final segment. We've got about 13 minutes left. It's rookies who underperform that we still believe in. Um, Lunas, why don't you kick us off? All right. Here I'm we go with the Eagles I'm, bias. I'm going to throw, throw y'all my Rager pitch. I'm going to throw y'all my Rager pitch. A little bit of a curveball. It's okay, a swing so and a miss, strike three. Go sit down, buddy. <laughs> no, okay. So Rager's not like a pure wide receiver one in the NFL, not going to be. Um, I think Devontae Smith fits that mold better, which is a good thing the Eagles drafted him. But I think Devontae Smith being drafted actually does help Rager a lot. And um, we saw last year, the entire offense was a shit show. Um, he had that midseason injury where he missed like seven, eight weeks. Uh, it's a lot of lost ton reps. And then the QB play was atrocious. There was a ton of, there was a decent amount of plays where Rager got open deep. Either the throw was underthrown, they missed them, overthrown, bad ball, bad ball placement. And he was kind of robbed of a lot of like deep passes, which he did get open on. Uh, I think now, and what we also saw a lot last season is the Eagles' outside receiving options were really bad last year. So Rager a lot of times would see that outside corner, um, that number one outside corner on the opposing team. I think now having Devontae Smith across from him and them being able to move him around the field more, um, I think they're going to use him on a ton of crossers, just trying to get the ball in his hands. And he won't have to face that number one outside corner every snap like he did last year. 
um, which I think is going to help him. I, I don't think he's built to be like that number one alpha, but I think he can be a really productive wide receiver too. Uh, he's going to have a full healthy training camp. Hopefully he stays healthy during the regular season. That was just kind of a weird injury he got against the Rams. Uh, so I'm a believer in him. I think he has a much better second season. Hey, Lunas, do you know who went the pick after Rager in Justin the Jefferson. NFL draft? Yeah. Justin Jefferson. Oh, and one other little thing about Rager, which I think is going to help him this year. Um, so Rager did much better, according to PFF, against zone coverage than man coverage. And I think defenses aren't going to be able to play full-on man coverage against the Eagles this year with Jalen Hurts, at quarterback. It's hard to have all those people besides those who are rushing having their back to a quarterback who takes off as often as Jalen Hurts does. So I think uh, he's going to see zone a little bit more often next year, and he was a lot more successful against those kind of defenses in his rookie season. So that's my Rager case. That's because no one played zone against the Eagles. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think it's going to be more this season when you have Jalen Hurts, who can, who likes to take off running a shit ton of times. All right. I, I kind of agree with you, Lunas. I still like Rager. I actually went out and traded for him, but then traded away him. Um, but I, I do I do like Rager. I, I still think Rager is someone that is is good. Jake, who's your, who's your guy? I got a, a tight end. Um, it's Adam Troutman on the uh, Saints here. You know, he was a guy that I really liked coming out last year. He was, you know, the player of the year in whatever conference Dayton's in. I know it's a small little conference, um, but he's a very good receiving tight end. Uh, you know, uh, Jared Cook's out of there. Obviously, Drew Brees is out of there, which is, you know, unfortunate. But I do think he's a guy that can step in and fill, get some targets in a, in a Saints offense that probably look pretty good with Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara and whoever's playing quarterback. I always have faith in Sean Payton. Um, they took him in the third round. Draft capital is pretty high into a tight end. Uh, I just He's a guy that I've just liked for a long time, and I think he's finally going to get his opportunity now in his second year with Jared Cook going out to uh, L.A. I like Troutman. Yeah, I, I don't hate the Troutman. I, I struggle with Troutman's value. I don't know where to put him. He's probably not someone I'm going out and buying, but he's not someone I'm upset if I have him on my team. I believe um, he's like tight end 18 right now on keep trade cut, if I'm correct. I'll, I'll yeah, double fine. check that. But, uh, you know, at that at that price of such a low tight end, you're not giving up much to get him. So I think it's worth it at that price just for the upside that he, he's going to get here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you can get him at that price, so like, I think the problem is, though, is that I feel like most savvy players aren't going to give up Troutman for that cheap, though. There's the issue, too, of like – you have this guy on your team. You probably like him. Like you want to see what he's capable of. Just kind of like, I'll, I'll transition to my guy too. That's kind of how I feel about Brian Edwards, right? Like you don't have a whole lot of reason for justifying why you like him. Like you, you had your preconceived notions before the actual the NFL Raiders draft. Twitter account tweeted a cool picture of him. <laughs> That's true. No, but <laughs> if, if you do look at what the Raiders have done with, with their wide receivers, right? Like they, they didn't really like, do a whole lot last year. Like Darren Waller was the the wide receiver one, basically. And Aguilar just left. Yeah, and Aguilar let they let Aguilar walk. They brought in the likes of Willie Sneed and John Brown, and then in the draft they they did pass over the likes of Bateman, Elijah Moore, uh, Rondell Moore. They in, in the third round they passed over Diami Brown. Uh, there, there was like a lot of good wide receivers that they could have drafted if that's what they were looking to, to fix. Uh, clearly, they they still have belief in these guys. Um, my thing is though, I just like Brian Edwards more than I like Henry Ruggs. I, I always have, 
I I just I'm not a big Henry Ruggs guy. Sorry, Lunas, but I think Brian Edwards will be the guy who's going to step in and be the wide receiver one on this team. I think, as Frank uh, broke it down in an episode probably a few months ago at this point, when when wide receivers who are drafted in the first round don't produce, that's kind of a red flag. But Brian Edwards wasn't a first round wide receiver; like he still has time to produce. I think it's more likely Brian Edwards takes over as the wide receiver one on this team. Yeah, that that was mainly JT because 41% of first-round receivers, if they ever break out, break out in their rookie year, whereas second-round receivers, if they ever break out, it's 31% in the second season, 31% in the third season, at least from like 2000 to 2011. So it kind of just goes to show you that second-round picks are truly more projects, but they have enough generally speaking organizations have enough faith in them to kind of keep them around and keep them involved whereas they don't have that crazy variance that a third round pick does where it's like third round beyond most of these guys never hit second round picks actually do have decent hit rates it's like first round picks for 54 hit rate second round picks 43 hit rate in terms of ever producing a top 24 season Mm -hmm. going into my underrated mcgee um I don't know, I have a couple. I guess it's like a real sleeper. This guy I really liked, and he got hurt, is Isaiah Hodgins. There was actually just a report the other day. Um, guys talking about him. I like Isaiah Hodgins. Um, I like him a lot, too. He's a guy he's that I almost pro- picked. Yeah, he's probably on waivers in some leagues. So if you have roster spots, I think he's a decent player. Um, there's there's a lot of like, – it's really crowded in that Bills receiving room. I think that's the only thing. But you never know. Uh, the other guys, though – one is K.J. Hamler. I wasn't huge on K.J. Hamler coming out. I definitely was avoiding him. But I think that K.J. Hamler is, like, a lot better than people are giving him credit for. It seems like he's gone into that worthless tier. Um, whereas I, I feel like if the Broncos actually had a good quarterback, that K.J. Hamler could be pretty consistent and be actually, like, pretty good. Um, obviously, with the situation they have right now, I think he's fucked. But if they ever pick up someone decent... Because <laughs> Seth Williams is there. <laughs> yeah. If they ever pick up someone decent, he could become something. So you could pick him up for cheap if you think Aaron Rodgers is going there. And the last one, LaMichael P. Ryan, another guy I thought was all right coming out for cheap. You could pick him up. Another dude that no one is expecting anything out of. You might be able to pick him up for a fourth-round pick. Um, and he has some potential on, on a wide-open backfield. But I'm not really huge into any of those dudes necessarily. Yeah. Um, if you guys don't have anything to add, I think that's that's episode 41 in the books. Um, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, like, rate, review, subscribe, follow all the comment. If you're Bengals fans, hit us with a dislike. <laughs> oh, all right, <laughs> I guess. Um, it, it helps more than you guys know. Uh, we really appreciate everyone that listens to us. Uh, argue with each other and debate stuff back and forth. I, I think we should have, we'll have a contest of any Bengals commenters to have a one-on-one debate against Frank. They could the they could box Bengals. Frank if they want. We'll oh, say celebrity box boxing! Him. Yeah, well, all the YouTubers are cashing in on it. We might as yeah. well try too. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Yeah, that that might be the first playoff win they'll have in thirty years. Oh my God! See, you. all right. Episode forty-one of the books. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. See you guys.